is writing to the church at Rome, and he writes to them concerning, he begins in chapter 12, verse 1, and he wants them to understand that their living must be presented to God each and every day. He talks about it is our reasonable service or it is our daily worship. Every day we worship God by presenting unto God a kind of life that is holy uh, before the Lord. So it is, he starts off by being individual. Then he goes on and wants them to know that they, that they are a body, that each member is vitally important to that body. And he wants them to know that when one member, because we are members of one another and member of the body, that when one member goes through something, because we are connected to each other, because we are the members of the body of Christ, when one member goes through something, then it affects all of the members because we are members one of another. We could not have the body of Christ if we did not make up that body by being members of the body. So every member is important to the body. Regardless of what kind of member you are, we are all important to the body of Christ. And so in verse 14, what he says, he says, Bless them which persecute you, bless uh, and curse not. In other words, he says that you ought to do good to them still who are persecuting, who are mistreating you. He says, don't pray a curse on their life. Uh, don't wish something bad on their life. He says, when others persecute you, he says, you in return be a blessing to their life. Don't be a curse to their life. He says, don't talk to God about wanting God to do something to them by bringing some kind of harm to their life. No, no, he says, you talk to God about being a blessing to their life and hopefully that their hearts can be open to recognize and to realize the wrong that they are doing and turn and have a, turn, a change of heart. And in verse number 16, jumping 15, he says, be of the same mind, one towards another. See how he leaves verse 14 by those of the outside body, those on the outside, and then he gets into those of the body, the members, those that we have a spiritual relationship with. He said, be of the same mind one towards another. He says, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. In other words, he says, don't be shadiddy and stuck up. He says, don't think, don't overestimate your thinking. That you are more than what you are. He says, learn to, to live an abase life. Learn to condescend when you are dealing with people of low estate. He says, learn to condescend. And he says, you need to learn to be able to deal and relate to people on a high level. But when you're dealing with people on a low level, don't make them feel that they are less than what you are. So he says, you have to understand we are members of each other. 
And then he goes to verse 15. It's where we take our lesson topic from. He says, rejoice with them that do rejoice. And weep with them that weep. He gives us a perfect example of Jesus who, Jesus who knows how to rejoice and he knows how to mourn with those who are mourning. As members of the church, as members of the church of Christ, we need to learn uh, to rejoice with people when they are rejoicing. We don't need to hate on folk when, when stuff good happens to other people. We need to learn to get right there beside them or right there on the back of them and learn uh, to rejoice with others when they are rejoicing uh, because of some success. And then he says we need to learn uh, not only to rejoice with them, but he says we need to learn to weep with those who are weeping. Jesus was one uh, at the wedding feast uh, uh, there. He, w- he knew how to rejoice. He knew how to be happy when, when others were, were happy. And then uh, uh, when Mary and Martha lost their brother to death, Lazarus, Jesus did not only know how to rejoice with others when they are rejoicing, but he also knew how to weep with those. When they wept. And so today, you and I need to have that same kind of mindset and same kind of attitude. You know, today we are celebrating our graduates. And, you know, there are some people who have worked very hard to, to make this day come to naught. And it is a great deal to be able, in this case, to have people who are rejoicing this morning. Or should I say you should rejoice? Because everybody, believe it or not, don't have a high, stu- a high school diploma. Everybody don't have a, a four-year degree. Everybody don't have the privilege of, of graduating even from uh, the military. But, but you, ought to be, you ought to be rejoicing right now. Uh, you ought to be, you shouldn't feel bad. You didn't do anything bad. You ought to feel good because you've done something good. There are a number of people who are dead who didn't get the opportunity and the chance to get and to be able to sit where you are sitting now. There are many people, both male and female, who are incarcerated and who will be there for a very long time. But here you are. You have been blessed by the very hands of God to be able to be at this point in your life somewhat successful. And I want you to know as we talk, I want to talk on the subject title, and I shall be long on this morning. So now that you've graduated. So now that you have graduated. Regardless if you are graduating from high school, college, or the military, you should be rejoicing within yourself. Sometimes we rejoice because others rejoice. But because you have done something great, you need to learn to be happy for your own success. Be rejoiceful within yourself because you have, by the very graces of God, achieved something great. You should be rejoicing within yourself because you have began to lay a foundation for your life. And you should be rejoicing within yourself because you have arrived at a certain point in your life in your God-given life where you now have established a springboard 
for your personalized success. Now, I don't know how you spell success, but when opportunity meets preparation, that's a recipe for success. It may not be your parents or your close friends' idea of what success is, but it's your success by design. I believe all can be successful if we find out our sole purpose for, for being on the earth. What is it that I have a burning desire for in this life? And I am not fulfilled until I have accomplished those things. Parents and guardians, you also ought to feel good, proud, and excited for your child at this point in their life. I mean, after all, you parents and guardians have, have put in a lot of work, like pushing them to do homework, and having paid tutorings and pep talks and with encouragements and sometimes a, a whole lot of fussing and maybe every so often in private, not just fussing, but a whole lot of cussing too. They don't act like you don't cuss. And much acting like, like Uber and Lyft taxi service, taking your child here and there and a couple of with, coupled with home-cooked meals and simply going out to eat, spending monies on clothes and doctor visits and just making sure that your child have gotten the very best of what life physical part has to offer. Parents ought to rejoice and you ought to be proud and you ought to tell your children that you love them. You ought to tell them that we are proud of you. And now parents, you are you're not necessarily out of the water as it relates to finances. The hands of give me idols is still alive and well. I want us to understand whether we be saved or unsaved. You have made it this far by the grace of God. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, For all good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, whereas there in him there is no variableness. And it is in Matthew 5 where Matthew writes and he says, God allows the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends the rain on the just and the unjust. Therefore, all that we have good in life comes from God. The brain you have, the health and the strength that you have, the house and the clothes and the food you have comes from from God. The parents and the siblings you have, they come from God. And believe it or not, the golden opportunities that some of us have uh, all comes uh, from the Lord. We just have to take and make the very best of our God-given opportunities because the truth of the matter is some comes only once in a lifetime. So now that you have graduated, let me give us some, some things to carry with you that, that you never want to leave behind. Number one, never graduate from respect. Never graduate from respect. You might have graduated, but always respect your father 
and your mother. Always respect your elders. Always respect people who are older than you. Always remember, always respect yourself. For if you fail to respect others or re fail to respect self, how can you want others to respect you? So always respect yourself and always respect other people. You know, I was on this point here and I was looking at always respect other people and I, and I got a naughty by nature syndrome. Y'all not going to work with a preacher, but... Yeah. You know, you, you're down with OPP. Yeah, you know me. Um, uh, respect other people's property. Number two. Number two. So now that you have graduated, never forget where you come from. Never forget where you come from. Now, now, I'm not talking about what hood you come from <laughs> or what streets you lived on. I'm talking about principles. I'm talking about values. I'm talking about teachings and parental talks, the life lessons you have seen along the way, and I'm talking about all the positive role modeling that have happened before your eyes. Never forget where you come from. Never forget you come from a home of good training. In other words, act like you have some sense when you go out in public. Mm -hmm. Number three. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So now that you have graduated, never forget, never forget to think. Never forget to think. Never forget to use the mind that God gave to you. You will have to make decisions. And you are going to have to make those decisions as you operate now more independently and less dependent on your parents. When you make decisions, think before you act. Learn to make wise decisions. And if you find yourself in the valley of decision, stuck in a rut, ask God for some help. And be on the lookout for when he sends your help and when help comes. Understand? You will make mistakes in this life. But understand, learn from your mistakes. The person who makes no mistakes is a person who does nothing. Number four, in closing. In closing. So now that you have graduated, now that you have graduated, know that you have made it this far. Not by your own self, 
But notice that you have made it off of the shoulders of somebody else. Know that you have made it this far by the grace of God. Not by the power of your own self or any other person. But it was by the help of God. Therefore, you must say to yourself, I cannot and must not live my life without acknowledging God in the totality of my living because he is the reason of my blessings. So I can keep telling him thank you over and over and over again because God is so good to me. He is the reason of my burdens. Yes, he is. So I can keep asking him for the strength I need each and every day. He is the reason of my pressures of life and the pain in life. So I can rely on his hands of consolation and the comfort of his. He is the reason of my failures. So I can stay humble and meek and always looking upward from which comes my help. He is the reason of my haters so I can use them as fuel and focus to get my personal promised land set for me by the providence of God. He, God, will continue to bless me as long as I acknowledge him first over anybody or anything. I must remember I am here not because I am so great. I am here because of his amazing grace. That wants me to be all I was created to be. Physically. Emotionally. Economically. Socially. And most of all spiritually. In closing there was a son. A man who. Just getting ready to graduate from high school. And his father sat him down. And his father talked to him. He says, now, son, he says, you, you're getting ready to graduate high school. He says, yes, dad. He says, I'm, I'm getting ready to graduate high school. His father says, son, that's, that's good. That's great. Dad is very proud of you. I love you. I want you to know daddy loves you. He says, sons, but now that you have graduated, he says, he says, what then? He says, well, daddy, thank you. You know, I, I've got accepted at this school and I'm, going to go to college and I'm going to get me a, a four-year degree. His father said, son, that's, that's awesome. He says, I'm so excited for you. He says, son, but, but after, degree, after the degree, he said, what, what then? He says, oh, dad, he says, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going, to, I'm going to look for me a good job within my field. His daddy said, son, that's, that's wonderful. That's awesome. He says, if a man does it Work than a man doesn't eat. He says, but what then? He says, well, dad, he says, you know, after I finish college and after I get me a good job, he says, I get myself a roof over my head. And then he says, I, I look for a nice little honey. And then he says, I'll, I'll, I'll plan to get married. His dad said, son, that's, that's awesome, he says, because the Lord knows I, I want grandchildren. He says, son, but, but what then? 
He says, well, Dad, you know, I, I guess after I'm married, I have some kids and, and live my life. He says, son, that's, that's good. He says, and that's true. He says, son, but what then? He says, well, Dad, he says, I guess I'll get old. <laughs> he said, yeah, but what then? He says, well, Dad, after I get old, he said, all that got left is for me to die. He said, that's true. He said, but what then? We spend our time preparing our kids to be successful in this life. But we never need to fail to forget that there's life after death. And we push them hard on this time side of life. We push them in the world of academia. And that's great and that's fine. And that's awesome and that's needed. But you need to be just as strong, if not stronger, in the spiritual. Because you can rest assured that all of us are going to go to the graveyard. We don't like to talk about it, but we are all headed, y'all, to the graveyard. And I'm not saying that you ought to just get yourself a plot somewhere. You ought to make reservations on the other side of life. Because you're going somewhere. And we are going to spend eternity either with God or we're going to spend it away and apart from God. But all of us have a golden opportunity to accept Christ in our life. And how we live in this life is how we're going to die. And how you die in this life is how you're going to rise in the next life. So if you die out of Christ, don't be looking for Jesus to work no miracle up there. If you die out of Christ, don't be looking up there to get a prayer request in. If you die out of Christ, don't be asking Jesus to baptize you in water in the judgment. If you die out of Christ, don't ask the Lord to bring somebody back so you can tell him you're sorry for what you've done. Your opportunity is now. If you die in Christ, if you die in Christ, blessed are the dead which do die in the Lord. Lord have mercy. I mean, that's so, that's so powerful when you die in Jesus because how you die is how you rise. And if you rise in the Lord, oh, what rejoicing there will be when, when, when some of us get to heaven. We sing the song when we all, no, no, <laughs> because everybody ain't gone. Amen, somebody. Uh, just like you can live a lie, you can sing a lie. Everybody is not going to heaven. Let's just be honest right here and let me have some breaking news uh, across your screen. Uh, everybody is not going uh, to heaven. There are some people are going to that other place and how you die is how you get up I don't know about you but I want to die in the Lord when I die I want somebody to say you know he died in the Lord I don't want you to talk about all the things he done all the things people he helped and all the no he died in the Lord folk have all kind of things on their headstones and all kind of emblems and, you know, 
But if you just can have, he was a servant of the Lord. And that'll be good enough for me. How are you serving him now? Are you serving him or are you serving this world? We all have to die, but we don't have to die outside of Christ. You come by hearing his word. You come by believing the same, by repenting of your sins, by confessing Christ, putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. Somebody say, oh, but I got time. I got time to do that. I'm only 18. <laughs> I'm only 21. I'm only 25. I got, I got all of the time there is. Let me tell you something. You don't have time because you don't hold time. You, you don't know if you're going to be breathing in the next hour. You, you just never know. And so while the blood is running through your veins, while you still have your good mind, while you still can understand right from wrong, make the best choice you could ever make, and that is to accept Jesus Christ and be buried in the liquid tomb of water baptism for the remission of your sins. Because when you die, and die we all will, it is going to be too late, too late to make it right with the all-powerful God of heaven. You know, you only get one shot to live. You know, I wish we could get two. You know why? Because there's some road you done been down in your life that you wouldn't go down that same road no more. Come on up in here and tell the truth. Huh? I mean, you wouldn't go down that road no more. You'd be like, uh-uh, I know what's down that road. I ain't going down. No, and, and matter of fact, it's a waste of my time. And so I, I'm going to choose another road. Listen, young folk, there's some roads in life that you don't want to get on. You don't want to play with them bumpy roads. You don't want to play with them dusty roads. You leave that stuff for somebody else's child. And you live the road of wisdom and the road that is led by the Spirit of God and the road that is led by good parents that have taught you well because there are some places you just don't want to go. In closing, here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity. Take God and take him everywhere you go. And if you can't take God with you, then maybe you don't need to be going there. But take him everywhere you go. You know, you need to think about that. If Jesus can't get in, then neither you shouldn't get in either. If Jesus don't want to go in, then you shouldn't go in either. But that's the lesson for us today. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but it's yours. That ball is in your court. And now you got to dribble it down one goal. You can put it in the goal of Christ, or you can put it in the world, in the goal of this world. Choose. Choose what God you're going to serve. As together we stand. And together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? My spirit.